Ricola. <laughs> Ricola. You know, nostalgic commercials really always will put you in a good mood. This is Drop the Subject with Allie and James. It's Friday. We're very happy to be here with you as always, hanging out with you for the next four hours right here on the new Channel Q. And don't we have a great show lined up for you? We are going to read you bedtime stories because uh. that is all the rage these days. Every celebrity that's been in quarantine is like, why don't I sit around in front of a microphone and read stories to children because that is what the world needs right now and it's there are people sure. who are really good at it and there are people who are horrible at it doesn't really seem to matter everybody is doing bedtime stories if you have calm app then you know what i'm talking about but even beyond that i mean they are just everywhere so we are going to throw our hats in the ring today all three of us me james and even our producer jesse will be blessing the airways of channel q with our sweet storytelling because we are, we are all celebrities Exactly, because we're, we're all... Well, I mean, now I even look through the feed of some of the people that are reading stories. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but sure. Like, I, I feel like if we just threw our hats in the ring, they'd be like, oh, is that from like Real Housewives? Sure. Yes. I, mean, I guess that person. <laughs> right. So, or, you know, I could just be somebody who invented something. Anyway, it's going to be very exciting. Um, we were just talking before we got on the air um, about Ricola commercials, but also about... Way like what are the ways the worst ways to wake up right besides your alarm <laughs> yesterday I woke up with my cat jumping on my head and scratching my I have like a, a Harry Potter zigzag scar on my head right now because that's how my cat woke me up but you got nice. woken up with <laughs> nice you got you woken up with powers a, and stuff <laughs> or you have cat scratch fever you know <laughs> yeah uh, oh I definitely have that I was reading about that I was like yep it was like it makes people go crazy it was like yes I definitely agree I have that but you got up with a, you you got woken up with a an on-the-air phone call yeah, this, uh, you know, uh, as you guys know, I guest appear on the morning beat with AJ and Michaela from time to time. Seems <laughs> celebrity. Yeah, because I'm a celebrity. And uh, so I often do a medical thing on the show at least once a week, sometimes a couple times a week. So producer Justin from the morning show, you know, texted me earlier this week. Can we talk about these things? Here's the articles we want you to read. Like, please be prepared to talk about this. Do your research. Da -da -da. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I normally put these things in my calendar and I normally wake up in time and like have some coffee and do the whole thing. So <laughs> my alarm went off. I hit snooze like I do. And then I heard. Who is calling me so early? And I roll over and it's the Channel Q studio line. And I was like. <laughs> Why are they calling me for... <gasps> hey, guys. And that was at like 6.14, and we were going live on the air at 6.15. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for anybody who was listening to Channel Q this morning at 6.15, listening to AJ and Michaela, you will have heard a very groggy, but somehow put together still, <laughs> James Simmons. And I am just amazed that you were able to receive a phone call at 6.14. You've just opened your eyes. You've still got the, the eye boogers. Uh -huh. You've still got the the scratchy voice you probably haven't peed yet nope all of that stuff is happening you're still getting used to waking life and in, <laughs> in 60 seconds you must be informed and telling everybody about coronavirus which everyone is on edge about anyway and they want reliable 
uh-huh. information, clear uh-huh. cut information. Uh-huh. Concise, I, I, right? All I was that. still snoozing at that time. So how did it go? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, so luckily I had read the articles and done my research before. And we were talking about topics that I already knew about. One of them is about a new experimental HIV therapy, um, which I, I already kind of knew about. And, and obviously coronavirus, which I read up on constantly. So yep. I, I felt okay. It was just very funny that I was sitting at my, and for some reason I felt the need to run to the dining room. I'm not sure why, but I ran because, you know, you're not making sense. So I ran to the dining room. I'm completely naked. My husband is like, in the kitchen, like making breakfast. I'm like, shut up, be quiet. Like I need to be, I could have been anywhere else in the house to take in this you call. You could have just stayed in bed. I, right. But I ran to the dining room and I was like, can you pour me some coffee too, please? Thanks. And then, so Chris pours me some coffee. I'm like, oh, good morning, AJ and Michaela, blah, 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 blah. Completely naked, having to pee so bad the dog like wants to play the dog's like good morning you know like the, that whole thing those, and, those uh those nails on the hardwood like yes ding 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 and he's like shaking and there's all these noises in the background and like aj and michaela are trying to make jokes and i'm like yeah jokes funny i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> also we started watching an awesome new show last night and i was dreaming about that show when the uh, phone woke me up and i still wasn't quite out fully out of the dream so i was like is this Warrior yes. nun, or am I on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> warrior nun. That's most of my thoughts when we're on the air, even after being awake for many hours. Is this warrior nun? <laughs> Is this warrior well, nun? <laughs> I cannot. I'm not one of those people who can put sentences together in the morning. And I know that's ironic, since considering I did morning radio for many years, but I had to get up very, very very early in order to be able to have conversations by 6 a.m. Because I cannot, and my wife, and I don't know if you're like this in general, when you get up, you feel like you only need a few minutes to really be like, boop, up and talking. But my wife will speak to me even 20 minutes after I got up and I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Why are you using your words? (laughs) I know. I'm like so annoyed by any sound or anything whatsoever. So I don't know how you do. Even if I had read those articles, I would have been like, I can't, I can't, I got to tap out. And my other question for you is how many interviews, both phone and video, Have you done naked by this point? Oh, no. Well, yesterday I was on TV and I contemplated. I was like, all right, let me put on my cute shirt and my cute jacket and then let me sit down in just my underwear. And then I actually stopped and got up and put on some shorts because I was like, you never, you just never know, right? You just never know. There have been multiple radio interviews that I have done nude and also from my bed, for sure. Like not even just Channel Q, like other radio stations across the country or whatever. I'm like, hey, you know, Des Moines or Tampa Bay, like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, totally in bed. Like Chris is sleeping next to me. Like we're both naked. And I'm like, yeah, coronavirus dangers. You know, it's, yes. it's very, very funny. But that's the magic of radio yeah that's great and it's you know it's also the magic uh, well it's not the magic of coronavirus but when you're <laughs> it's not a good sentence but when you're uh, right. when you're at home think of how many conversations we've had with other people that have been pantsless and that that's okay i think it makes life more exciting and i would love for you to continue doing that because if it gets caught on video those videos go viral and then it's oh. great publicity for the show nurse yeah. practitioner you know, has a ball slip during an interview is a great (laughs) headline grab. Okay, when we come back, Britney Spears is doing things. She's speaking. She's answering questions. She did a like a 60 second AMA. (laughs) Uh, So we will get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
Drop the subject with Allie and James, and in trying times, in these uncertain times, which is a phrase we all love to hear, especially now. In these uncertain times, you should buy more toothpaste. Yeah, you know, Charmin's got your back and your butt. And your butt. When we we do hit these uncertain times, I I think we all know who to look to. For answers, Uh, for hope. the, The Dalai Lama? Britney Spears. Close. Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, very close. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, when when quarantine first happened and everyone was getting that quarantine brain, you know, we did quarantine thoughts here on the show, that feeling of just barely getting into a crazed delirium on any given day. <laughs> you went through Britney Spears' Instagram feed and you're like, suddenly all this makes sense. Like I, it was <laughs> Right. It was like we had our own translator for Britney all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden everyone was like, I it. get it. Yeah. So she's still making videos. And because <laughs> she's like, y'all might have been through this for five she's like, you guys months. are being let I've out. I'm through not. this for 10 years. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> so she did a little, uh, hey, why don't we do some FAQ frequently asked questions? I'm going to answer them on my Instagram feed. And uh, this is how it went. I'm just going to uh, she's going to tell me, a, tell us a question. And then I'm going to ask you what you think she answered. And then we'll play the answer. OK. Okay, so a lot of my fans have been asking me a lot of questions during my comments. I listened, <laughs> and so now I'm going to answer all of your questions. <laughs> okay, okay, so like, oh my God. I mean, there's right away the medical person in me just kicks up, by the way. Like, we sort of, it's not classic pressured speech, but like, if someone comes into the emergency room and they're having this like pressured speech where mm-hmm. they're like talking really fast and it seems right. like for no reason or whatever, like, that means I start to try to diagnose them. And all, already I'm like, oh, Brittany. Well, see, because we talked earlier in the week about signs that someone's uncomfortable around you, wasn't speaking really fast. And yeah. at a higher volume, <laughs> and like at some of the things, and like right. <laughs> and she's got a constant sway back and forth. I mean, she does that. Aww. If you look at her Instagram, she's got this constant like fidgety sway, and she's also just complimenting her on her outfit. She's rocking puka shells. She never gave up on them. Never. My sister tweeted a few weeks ago and was like, "No one's allowed to wear puka shells except Britney Spears. She has a free pass <laughs> to wear them." <laughs> For the rest of her life, and that's okay. She's also wearing like a scrunchy, you know, like those flowery floral '90s scrunchy tops that like uh-huh. goes only around your shoulders. Kicking it '90s all at all times. Gotta love it. Okay, so a lot of my fans have been asking me a lot of questions during my comments. I listened, and so now I'm going to answer all of your questions. The- <laughs> she gets to the point. People ask me to answer questions, and now I'm answering questions. Here are the questions. <laughs> first question that you mainly ask me is what my favorite song is. My f- okay. What is her favorite song? Do you think James? Uh, song of hers or song in general? Song of hers. Oh, song of hers. I mean, I feel like it kind of has to be like, hit me baby one more time. Right. That was the one that like blew her up on the map. Um, it's probably not. It's probably some like Randy B side. Sometimes. Or yeah. Sometimes artists are like, it's, when I was younger in French, like a, like some weird experimental yeah. thing that they did, right? Yeah, artists, we use that term loosely. Okay, continue. My favorite song is Toxic that I have done, and I have oh. no idea what my favorite song in the whole world is. Oh, she, oh <laughs> okay. No explanation for why Toxic is her favorite song. <laughs> did that make her the most money? Was it her longest chart topper? Like, I don't know. That's interesting. I know I'm, I'm, I'm slowly de- getting points deducted from my gay card right now because I'm not a Britney stan and I don't I know. know like all of these details, but it's, it's, you know, it's a solid choice. I think that going with Toxic is a great pick for her. 
And do you believe, like, in what we're seeing from her feed on a constant basis, as a medical professional and as somebody, for for me, who's followed her for, you know, just because I was a a Britney Spears girl when I was in sixth grade and beyond, she was like, yeah, Britney Mm -hmm. Spears. Is she trying to tell us something? Like, has she been trying to communicate with us through these Instagram <laughs> posts and we're just all not picking up on it? Right. Like, I feel like there's like a secret code in what she's yes. saying. Like, she didn't explain why Toxic was her favorite song because that would break the code, right? It wouldn't match up with the code. So I think all the Britney stands should go, like, try to decipher what she's saying or exactly you know, like T O X I, you know, like see like, what yeah, like this numerology, this. like what, is, what number is that word? Right. What does that mean? You know, like and Britney Spears has three you know just go into it I know the internet can figure this crap out at this point it's real easy I mean if we can find the names of all these Kens and Karens out there lately in like 13 minutes like using Twitter I'm sure people can try to dissect what's going on I will say though in all seriousness though there has been an obvious apparent sort of shift in her mental status and it does it concerns me a little yeah it does the second question is a lot of you have asked me what's my favorite place to visit my favorite place to visit is okay what do you think is her favorite place to visit, James? Maybe either because I know she's not living in Louisiana, right? So maybe it's where maybe it's back to Louisiana where she's oh, like grew back up. to my roots, right? Or like a like a Saint Tropez, you know, it's gonna be like some sort of fancy, like warm islandy place. Mm, I was gonna say her burned down gym, but let's find out. Uh, Hawaii and Turks and Caicos. <gasps> Turks and Caicos is a little so bit more jungle or um tropical. Um There's not that many people there. It's a small island, and it basically has the cleanest food, the most beautiful ocean. The spot is amazing, and it's my favorite place to visit. Okay, what's my favorite food is... Okay, favorite food, and then we got to go. Uh, it's going to be like, like, to- like fried tofu over something like vegan. Mm, like something super healthy. I'm going to say yeah. like a popsicle. Hot, um, a chili hot dog. Oh, a chili uh, hot dog. Wait, I love how she's talking about Turks and Caicos has clean food, but then her favorite food is a chili hot <laughs> it's dog. A chili dog. <laughs> For love, happiness, and a world supply of designer clothes. Okay, and then her three wishes are, are for love, happiness, and a world and a endless supply of designer clothes. Doesn't okay, she have which that? I think she, she already has. has. Supply of money. Like. <laughs> she definitely has an endless <laughs> supply of designer clothes. Okay, uh, when we come back, we must move on. I know it's sad. Uh, thank you, Brittany, for all of your um, contributions to the world. And James, we will get to your contributions. Uh, why don't you take a nap so that I can call you at, uh, right 30 seconds before we're going on the air so you can answer coronavirus questions. So the World Health, Health Organization has given us updates. We'll get to those next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. <laughs> That's right, Cardi B. Thank you. S is getting real about coronavirus, or maybe it has already gotten real. I mean, what is more real than like a global pandemic and like a global shutdown, honestly? Well, and it's gotten real, but then everything also feels so unreal. So so unreal. It's all a dream. (laughs) Just like me waking up 30 seconds before being on air. You know, it's totally fine. Okay. We do have some coronavirus updates for you today. And these are somewhat important. And I think they're kind of interesting. So I get to take over this little segment called X. And you better ask somebody called Ask the NP. And here we go. Number one, Dr. Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC, has decided that the CDC is not going to rewrite their school reopening guidelines for this fall which is kind of a big deal because they announced this in this big, you know, coronavirus press conference that happened earlier in the week. And at the time, well, about an hour before the press conference, Donald Trump tweeted, I hate these guidelines. 
the CDC should rewrite them. So then the press conference happens and Mike Pence comes out and he's like, well, we're going to have the CDC revisit these guidelines. We'll publish new ones next week. Fast forward three days. The director of the CDC says, no, we're nope. not republishing guidelines. Bidoop. Done. Done. So Because you guys I don't are- have to, like, the CDC didn't create these rules so that everyone would like, like them. The CDC is right. not right. there to be liked or for every, like, they are the Debbie Downer. They're the ones who are like, here's what you have to do. Here are the rules to put in place to keep everybody safe. And you're like, wah, wah, CDC. And they're like, I know. <laughs> I they're not going to be like, oh, you didn't like that? Okay, well, what about not wearing masks? Is that okay? Like, CDC isn't just some, what, like, it's just not, it's not around just to get people's approval. Yeah, correct. It's sort of like Regina George meets Debbie Downer. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really care what you think either way. Like, she's also, she's the A-girl and she knows she's the A-girl. She's the trendsetter, yeah. Yeah, but she's also like the person who is at the party who can't help but bring up like, oh, maybe you shouldn't eat that. Like, there's an outbreak of E. coli and lettuce, you know? Right, you're, <laughs> you're like, like, it wasn't as bad ah! as the Holocaust. And you're like, oh my God, really? <laughs> you're like, jeez, stop it. <laughs> Uh, So, (laughs) also in coronavirus news, you know, there's this big question and controversy around what is the difference between airborne spread of this disease or any disease and droplets? Remember, we were talking a lot about this early on. Well, there was a letter that 200 scientists, public health officials, etc., researchers signed in an open letter to the World Health Organization last week. It was written actually by two American scientists who said, WHO, World Health Organization, we need you to update your guidelines about the transmission of COVID-19. There is a growing body of evidence of research that cannot be ignored that says that you can, this virus can be transmitted in small particles through the air. Not so be- like droplets of spit, right. spittle, Not- actual airborne particles that we can't see. Exactly. Before, we thought that there was not enough virus in a high enough concentration in these teeny tiny small particles to then either linger in the air for a while or tra- or move across the air, like, you know, air is constantly moving across us, you know, around us, to move through the air and then have another person inhale those droplets and then become infected with it, right? There's lots of steps that have to happen. So just because there's a little bit of virus in the air doesn't mean it's going to be enough to infect you or a complete virus. Well, the research is starting to say, eh, you guys, maybe there's actually enough of this virus hanging out in the air indoors under certain conditions, that we need to update the guidelines. So the WHO, which is a fairly conservative organization, they, they're not quick to jump to recommendations, um, a little bit like our own CDC, says, all right, fine, <laughs> we'll read your letter and we'll look at the research. Okay, guys, whatever. Well, they did look at the evidence and they did look at the research and they have slightly updated their guidelines, saying okay. airborne transmission of COVID-19 indoors under certain circumstances is possible but what what circumstances do we know yet 
the it's it's a little bit complex because it often depends on the filtration system in the in the building that you're in what is the ventilation like are you indoors and all the windows are open are you indoors and there's air conditioning that's moving the air around right. rapid movement of the air through uh like circulation of the air will break down this concentration of virus and air particles very very quickly Right. So you just want to sit in a real stuffy room. No, you want to sit in a very air uh, in a very open room. Oh, so you want the air to be circulated? Yeah. Because see, it, I was thinking you didn't because you wouldn't want the particles all over your face. Uh, so good, good thought process. So if you think <laughs> about a bunch of particles kind of sitting up in the air, but a big gust of wind. It doesn't push them in that group. It disperses the group of particles. So then you bring your concentration down. So then there's less likely that you're going to inhale as much. So you want a very, like a great HVAC system at work. You want the air flowing through. You still want to, when you are inside, you still want to say at least six feet. I prefer 10 away from someone and wear either a face shield or a mask. I know masks are super annoying to people, so I'm going to start recommending face shields more off frequently to people. I think this cool. is Cool. I'm all for, yeah, I'm down for face shields. Yeah, face shields, are when you wear them properly, they work great. So uh, that is the new WHO recommendation. This is not meant to scare you. It doesn't really also change what you should be doing, right? You should still still be wearing a face mask, still using hand sanitizer, uh, et cetera, et cetera, not being around people who you are not normally around. If you are around them, make sure it's outside if you can, and of course, stay at least six feet, preferably 10 away from them. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Next time I'm going to do the whole thing in like my Britney voice. <laughs> Naked. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ah, the bedtime story. Mm. Seems like something we only enjoyed as children, but now you can really be any age. You can listen to sleep stories and bedtime stories as a functional adult and not feel bad about it. That is how 2020 is going. Bedtime stories are all the rage. Celebrities, athletes, I mean, all kinds of even politicians, uh, you know, inventors, everybody that has uh, anyone of note especially if you've got a fun voice, can read a bedtime story. And it is becoming wildly, wildly popular, James. You mean a fun voice like this? What if I read you a bedtime story like this? Good night, little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Come on over here and get into bed. Maybe I'll come back. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this creature is going to come back. Maybe they're going to kiss at the end of the story. I don't know. You're just going to have to listen to find out. I think I think that is exactly how I'm gonna read the rest of my stories. This is this is my horrible U.S. Yeah. Southern that is like Texas to North Carolina and everything in between. Like it's not like just subdialectically specific. Yes. And then if Tooth Fairy comes and visit you, you get a bat and you protect your home. You you protect your home because she's not allowed into your home. It is my Second Amendment That's right. Not- <laughs> <laughs> to pull out my gun if she that tooth be fairy toothless. does not ask. I'm pulling up my ring camera and I'm watching her on the outside. Because <laughs> she is not allowed to come into my child's room and give her a quarter or whatever. That I is love my how job. your southern hick has a ring camera. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, they, they, they're, they're, they're into technology too, you know. They, they are. They are. Yeah. Very open, um, open-minded. open Okay, here's just a list of some people who have done sleep stories recently. Uh, Olivia Wilde, Jude Law, Steve Aoki, uh, Sidney Crawford, Leona, Leona Lewis, Ellen DeGeneres, oh. Lin-Manuel Miranda, Danny mm. DeVito, Terry Crews, Jamie Lee Curtis. Ooh. Yay. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Steve Carell, so many of them. 
And uh, they announced that Harry Styles is going to be added to the Calm app. I listened to one. I, I'm not big on sleep stories. I, I would prefer a nice, I don't know, spirit guide or grounding meditation. But there are sleep stories that I've tried on the Calm app. One of them was Bindi Irwin. And it was just her talking about oh, Australia. Nice. And it was really nice because she was like, there's beautiful wildlife in Australia. In Queensland, there are kangaroos up to seven or eight feet high. And you're like, ah, this is so nice and sleepy. But then there are some people, the point The point is there are some people that should be telling sleep stories. You know, they're like Helen Mirren. She's got oh, a nice soothing voice, right? Beautiful. Yes. I mean, that is fantastic. You know, one, one of the other ones that I didn't even realize um, uh, that I was going to love so much that there's a Lucy Liu story on the call map. Yeah. And you were like, I never knew that Lucy Liu should be reading me a story to go to bed, but she should be. Yes. So, I mean, Helen Mirren, this is a, a story called Millions of Cats. And I'm going to read Millions of Cats by Wanda Gog. So this is a very lesbian friendly book. Also, Millions of Cats <laughs> is definitely something I can relate to. But then you have people that probably shouldn't be reading bedtime stories that are like Nicole Richie. Oh, Nicole. Hi, I'm Nicole Ritchie, and I'm here today supporting Save With Stories. Save With Stories is going to provide food and educational supplies to 30 million children around America. Oh, this is a great cause. I, mean, I just it, don't know if I would want Nicole Ritchie being like, there were these three pigs, okay, and they <laughs> ate carbs. And you guys, it reminded <laughs> me of my time when we I did that show with Paris. Um, so, I mean, I should Nicole Ritchie actually does a lot of good stuff. Maybe we should make fun of her. But I will say, Allie, this is an interesting question for you. How do you feel about... Jenny Slate reading you a bedtime oh, story. Yeah, I'd love that. And everywhere Gloria went, she left a little bit of glittery happiness behind her. Just. I mean, she's talking about glittery happiness, and on Channel Q, that will always go far, but Jenny Slate has so many crazy voices that are sometimes a little insane. I'm not yeah. sure. Like, I love Jenny Slate, but I also... She am, like, just goes I... into, like, a demon voice, and you're yeah, like, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, do I want her in my voice, in my head, you know? I don't know. And there's also a, an added weirdness to it if you think that the person who's reading the story is super attractive. Yeah, like Michael Ely. <laughs> and he's oh. like, he's like, and there was a fox who, and, <laughs> and you're, you're like, like, yeah, there was what I'm else? Like, and it's this like this story, story for like four year olds. Is this like Pornhub? <laughs> Fell into the river. Arlo tumbled over and over in the rushing water. Ooh, Michael and you're like, Ely, tumble you me, baby. Tumble <laughs> me, right in the rushing water. Hey. Yeah. And you know what? Even Hannah Brown did a sleep story. I did. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. You uh, definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> I wonder if, um, I mean, has Brittany ever done a sleep story? Oh, you know what? She has. What? She has done no a sleep story, way. believe it or not. And this is what that sounded like. It's bedtime, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect okay. ending. Perfect ending. It's, a, it's short and sweet. When we come back, we are going to throw our hats in the ring. We are going to read you a bedtime story, mm. all three of us. So get ready for the real story oh, of God, Rapunzel when we come back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Ah, it is story time. Gather around, children, millennials, boomers, and those in your twilight years. This is the chance for James, Allie, and producer Jesse to grace you 
with the lullaby of our bedtime story voices. It is all the rage these days to read bedtime stories. Everyone from Hannah Brown to Helen Mirren, Leona Lewis, and everyone in between is reading them. So we throw our hats in the ring with a story that you might be familiar with. It's the story of Rapunzel. Ah, I'm familiar with that being bald-headed and such. (laughs) (laughs) People are constantly telling me to let down my hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you've got none to let down. This This would be a real short story if you were the protagonist. (laughs) Oh, Dr. James, Dr. James, let down your hair. I, I just want to want to add in a comment from the last oh. segment. Oh, uh, oh, hi! Is that producer Jesse? Yes, that... this, is, this is Jesse here. Hi, producer um, um, John. Nice to meet you. I just want to let you all know that not everyone with a southern accent is a gun-toting redneck. So, so what are you trying to say? That maybe you should make up for it by doing this story. Oh, that I might have accent. offended people in the last segment, and that I should maybe unoffend. James, I think he's people. trying to say that he's trying to take away your guns. <laughs> Joe Biden's trying to take away my guns. Why y'all always trying to take away my Second Amendment rights? Okay, well then that's fine, Jesse. I can do this entire segment in this entire uh, story just like this. So y'all, y'all can prove that even listening to a Southern accent will be gentle and soothing to you and make you want to go to sleep. I, I agree. So, so James, you're going to start off with the story. Do it in your Southern accent, especially because in this list, I'm not seeing a lot of country people or Southern voices. I mean, Hannah yeah. Brown's really all they've got. So uh, yeah. you got to even the playing field there. And then Jesse, I don't think you have voices. I, I, I'm venturing to say this, but I don't know. Are you, are you disagree? Okay. So you can just read it. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> just read it as, as your beautiful self. I'll try and do some voices, and let's get started. Um, this is the story brought to you by Drop the Subject of Rapunzel. <coughs> On a hill in the countryside, there was a wood. Just, <laughs> Just one. one. <laughs> Just one. By that single solitary wood, there was a cottage. Just one. In the cottage lived a man and a woman who had one single wish. We are on a theme of one of everything. They wished for a beautiful baby girl. Just one. Just one. They felt sure, more sure than anything in their whole world, that they would make wonderful parents. Oh, that's so nice. This is so cishet normative. I know, right? Whatever, Rapunzel. Come on. Okay. Their window looked down a hill, over a field, and onto a magnificent garden filled with the most beautiful and delicious, uh, rampion? Ramp, rampion? Rampion? Oh, can we say that on the radio? Uh, is that legal? What is what, rampion? What is rampion? Jesse, did you write this? Is that a misspelling? <laughs> okay, y'all let us know what it is. The most beautiful and delicious rampion? Oh, oh. <laughs> Just keep reading, James. A wild plant known as Rapunzel with spinach-like leaves and the root of a parsnip. Oh, my God. A hybrid vegetable? I had no idea Rapunzel was a plant. Right. And so, like, non-GMO. Wait, so Rapunzel this whole time, right, was a plant. Okay, whatever. The garden belonged to the wickedest and most powerful of all witches. Not a single soul had ever set foot in the garden for fear of the deathly consequences, y'all. One day, the woman caught sight of the ramp, rampion. From the top window of the cottage, the plump green leaves and purple flowers seemed to mesmerize her as if enchanted by a magic spell. Suddenly, the woman became wee. I think that's supposed to be weak. 
<laughs> Thanks, Jesse. All right. Suddenly, the woman <laughs> became she weak. Became very wee. She Just became wee. She's a itty bitty woman. <laughs> I must have the rampion, she said to her husband. I must have it right away or I will surely die. All right, I'm going to take over. Fear not, my only love. I will wait until dusk. Go down into the garden, climb the wall, and return with your rampion as fast as my legs will carry me. Man, whipped, am I right? Uh, The man set off at twilight, snuck over the garden wall, hastily grabbed a handful of rampion and returned to the cottage. Oh, it tastes so good, cried the woman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, this is so good. So Stuffing good. the rampion into her mouth in great clumps. I must have more or I will surely die. The man dearly loved his wife and returned to the garden the following evening. This time, the man came face to face with the wicked witch and he became dumb with fear. <laughs> How dare you enter my garden and steal my precious rampion? rampion. I'm going with Denture Witch. <laughs> right, it's a good take. It's a good take. <laughs> you will pay for th- you will pay for this, you wretched man. The man cried. It's for my wife. She's weak and pale, and she says she'll die if she doesn't eat your rampion. Please take mercy on me, you witch. Witch. Then there was- <laughs> you witch. There was a long pause. Very well, man. (laughs) (laughs) I grant you all the rampion you like, but it comes with one condition. You must give me the child that your (gasps) wife will bring to the world. A man consented. Oh, Oh, consent just like that. Bam. First of all, why is it only his decision? Why don't we I know. Ask check crazy with your wife. wife. Like, seriously, maybe she's not so addicted to Rampion after all. All right. So then the wife gets pregnant. She gives birth. Of course, it's a beautiful baby girl. And then the witch grabs her, says, she has to be named Rapunzel, and then takes her and runs away. <laughs> now, <laughs> of course she was. She's every day Runs off. And then she leaves. She puts her in a tower, blah, blah, blah. Okay. This is a really calming bedtime story. <laughs> Are you asleep yet? <laughs> so we're going to, so so Jesse, why don't you take us through the next 30 seconds and then we'll take a break and we'll give everyone the, the big finish. All right. Rapunzel grew to the most beautiful child in the land. When Rapunzel was older, the wicked witch locked her in a tower as high as 20 story building. There was a solitary chamber at the very top of the tower with a small window. When the winch wanted in, she stood below the window and cried, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Uh, and then that's time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's great. Well, that's great. Um, great tease, Justin. It was a great climax. So, uh, yeah. Really way to bring, bring the energy down. Okay, when we come back, Ooh. we're going to finish part two of the story. This is us throwing our hats in the ring for celebrity bedtime stories. More. Rapunzel, when we return. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Allie Johnson, James Simmons, and Jesse, our producer. We are all in the middle of a very important bedtime story. We're throwing our hats in the ring for celebrity bedtime stories because everyone's doing them these days. We are auditioning for the call map, and we are in the middle of the story of Rapunzel, which has a lot of surprises that we didn't really know existed. But where we left off, the witch took Rapunzel and left. Jesse, let's continue with high as high energy as you possibly can give us. Rapunzel, okay. continue. Oh, okay. Rapunzel, okay, so Rapunzel let down her hair, all right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Rapunzel released her shimmering hair 20 stories to the ground for the witch to climb up. Many years has passed. One day, a king's son... <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So okay. this happened, and then many years went by. Okay. And one day, a king's son rode through the forest and came across the tower. An angelic voice stopped him in his tracks. It was Rapunzel. He rode back to the forest every day to listen to it. 
The one day he saw the witch approach the tower and, and he heard the witch cry, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Rapunzel let... What are you... What is Rapunzel the your let, hair? What is that? Like you trying to do a prince? <laughs> let down Rapunzel, your hair. Rapunzel, like it's totally normal, but then it's like, hair. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. Your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like Life of Brian, Monty right. Python. So. <laughs> Um, right, so I'm just, yeah. okay, Rapunzel let down her hair and the witch climbed up. This is this is the way in, he thought, the king's son thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. I will do as the witch, then I will meet the lady and we will surely be wed because, um, yeah. Consider. I mean, so he basically hasn't even seen her, right? He's like, I just know she has some long ass hair. So yeah. I'm going to sort of let her hair down and then we'll be married. Yeah, I'm just going to break mm-hmm. and enter using somebody's ha- own hair which right. i'm sure hurts we've never spoken say, about this is this painful <laughs> correct right uh, okay all right sorry all right, jesse so, you have um, like you have like 14 more pages carry on okay yeah the following day uh-huh. he went to the tower and cried rapunzel rapunzel let down your hair this is this is definitely working in terms of sleepiness all right <laughs> immediately the hair fell down and the king's son climbed up uh-huh. <laughs> if you do it faster i'm still sleepy <laughs> <laughs> as, as you can very well imagine, Rapunzel was shocked to see a man enter her chamber. <gasps> a man? Had, oh my goodness. She had never seen a man before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. The king's son made her feel quite at ease when he spoke of her enchanting voice that drawn him to the forest. Will you take me for your husband? He asked. I will, excuse me, I will gladly oh. go you with you. You have to do it as Rapunzel. a lady. Come on, you had the voice. <laughs> I will gladly go with you, Rapunzel," yes. um, said Rapunzel. "But I can't go. I can't. But I can't get down. Bring with you a pile of silk every time you visit. <laughs> I will use it to weave a ladder. Then I will climb down, and we can ride away on your My horse. My God. Okay, we got through that. All right, take it away, uh, James. The witch had no knowledge of the king's son until one day Rapunzel let her secret slip. <gasps> oh, you bitch! Tell me, witch. How is it that the king's son can climb up to me in a moment, but it takes you much longer? Oh, this is so dumb. Why would she do this? What did you say? Cried the witch. (laughs) You have deceived me and you shall suffer greatly for it. (laughs) The witch seized Rapunzel's hair in a flash. Snip, snip, snip. Oh, no. Oh, no, she did not. Rapunzel's golden hair lay motionless on the floor, no longer attached to her head. You will live the rest of your days in horrible pain. Because she has short hair? (laughs) Right, I I didn't know that short hair was Now you're one of those girls with a pixie cut. Ugh, good luck getting a man now. You have a severe Midwestern bob. (laughs) And to the desert Rapunzel went. The king's son rode up to the... Oh, sorry, southern voice. And to the desert Rapunzel went. The king's son rode up to the tower and cried... Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. <laughs> Immediately, the hair fell down. Oh, man. It turned into a weave. Okay. Uh, and she's been <laughs> banished to a desert. I didn't even know that was part of the story. Okay. Right. And, like, how did that... Okay, whatever. Are we time warping here? Yeah. And then they just throw in the many years past, like, all the time. They're just like, many years past. Anyway, right. it's like, okay. Okay. Like, what did dude think over the years? Anyway. Right. This time the witch was uh, had hold of the golden mane. Okay, so the witch is there. The yeah. king's son climbed up and was met with the poisonous stare of the witch. Date me instead! Oh, oh hey! She's like, I haven't seen a man in years. She's either. like, you know what? I am a coog and I am on the hunt. No, that hey. She said, you're never going to see her again. The king's son stepped back and he fell from the window. <gasps> oh, no. And then that the was thorns, like 20 stories high, right? Yeah, which I never got a specific 20 story. Like, I had never knew it was 20 stories. I was just always told it was tall. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So he fell 20 stories. The thorns upon which he fell pierced his eyes. And now the guy's blind. The king's son wandered the what? forest in darkness, eating nothing but berries. Oh. I mean, it's very uh, keto of him. Very, he's very, very paleo. Uh, he, and then he roamed in misery for many years. This is awful. Okay, we have one minute left. One day he came to the desert. He wandered into a desert, I guess. Which I would question the landscape here if there's a wood and a cottage and then like really close by a desert. Like, where desert. are we? Also, like, how long was he wandering? Was this also years later? Like, It said he, he roamed in misery for many years. Oh my gosh, right. So yeah, like later. 70 by now. Okay. Right. So he heard a familiar voice in the desert. It sounded like Rapunzel. He walks toward it. He approaches. It's Rapunzel. She runs over to him and weeps for joy. And then close it on up there, Jesse. All right. As they embrace the two, the two Rapunzel tears, what did... Wh- the t- <laughs> <laughs> Rapunzel tears. <laughs> Only two. Two she had saved up for years and yeah. years. I had, I've been building these babies up. They, they wetted his blind eyes and his sight came back. Oh, oh so she got that magic tears. Yeah, okay. you know what? I don't like when they just randomly throw in magic, where it's like, right, by the way, her tears like, are magic. It's right, like, no, whatever. what are you for? And, and you're like, the floor is lava and I'm magical. It's like, no. <laughs> the floor is lava writing trick. And, and then she looked at Rapunzel. Okay. And she said, meet your son and daughter. Okay. What? Now this is just an episode of Jerry Springer. Uh, right. Are they twins? Oh, wait, that's you, Jesse. Come on, yeah, speed that's the next up. line. Are they twins? He asked. Yes. Well, let's get you all home, he said. And they returned to the <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's just go home. Okay, you know what? This is, how did she get pregnant? I, I think that uh, I have a lot more questions than answers when it comes to this. Also, why does he have to have sight again? That's ableist. It's Can't he be happy right. staying blind? Was she not going to be with him if he didn't regain his sight? And how did exactly did she cry into his eyes? eyeballs? Yeah, exactly. Like, did they catch it in a little thing and she like flicked it on him. That is not very uh, socially distant at all. You're right. This what you're absolutely right. You know, if one of them had tested positive, this whole family yeah. would be. I mean, Seriously, in a lot of trouble. We're screwed. I mean, I, they were doing the physically distancing thing really great up until that point. Up until that point, wandering around a desert is great for social distancing. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know really what we accomplished. I don't know if anyone is asleep or more awake. Um, w- w- this at least we've got it down. This was our first run at it. Um, calm. Hey guys, at Calm, we are available and uh, for hire. Uh, I don't know if Jesse is up for the task, but I think we all did a pretty great job. And we'll be back with more Drop the Subject. The end. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, we're a little behind, so a quick news that are lose it for you. Allie Johnson here, James Simmons over there, and he has three decisions. I have three headlines. It is news that are lose it. Are you ready to go? Lose them. Thanks. Thank you so much. The end, and they lived happily ever after. Ready, ready, ready. Headline number one. Woman wins lottery for the first time she ever bought a lottery ticket. Oh, one of those. Losing it. Okay. Headline number two. Here's how pickles... Could be the key to better teeth. Yeah, buddy. Hold I know on. you'll. Oh, you'll never pack. Are you jangling keys? Give me jangling I'm, keys. I want to hit him. <laughs> and then finally, headline number three: TikTok users panic over possible ban. Look for real jobs. Yeah, I feel like we got to talk about this a little bit because it's kind of like news. 
Dang. Yeah, it is newsy. Okay. Why don't we start with pickles and we're, we'll work our way over to TikTok? Yeah, so, I love starting with pickles. Everyone does. You and mm-hmm. I agree completely on pickles and the love of pickles. Mm-hmm. Um, not that kind of pickle, though. No, 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 no. I don't. I keep pickles in my house, but not pickles. Not pickles. Right. Um, so there was a study recently done in Frontiers of Microbiology. It took place mm-hmm. at the Sichuan University in China. Conducted on... Uh, they the, so they conducted a test on a bunch of rats over a five week period. Uh-huh. They gave some of them, I mean, basically they gave some of them pickle stuff and some of them not pickle stuff. <laughs> like all, all all things that are pickled or actual like pickled cucumbers, like pickles. Does it say? Uh, let's see. They took so a total of fifty four strains from of bacteria taken from fourteen types of local Sichuan pickles were fed to half of the rats. Oh, After a few days, the entire group was infected with a dose of cavity-causing bacteria known for speeding up tooth decay. Whoa. These poor rats. The rats were monitored for the next month. That the studies end, the researchers found that the rats who received the probiotic from pickles had 20 to 30% fewer cavities than the group of rats who did not. Very interesting. Now, I wonder if they used Crest or Colgate when they were, those rats were brushing their teeth, like... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Sensodyne or if uh-huh. there's a special kind of rat toothpaste that we don't know about. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, did they remove those confounding factors? If they did, this is very interesting. I mean, it's a, basically what this points to. It's another reason that pickles are really here to save the world. Yeah, I, I'm down for pickles saving the world. Did you know that there are pickle Twinkies? You can pickle anything. I'm not sure I would eat a pickled Twinkie, <laughs> although I eat lots of pickled things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you can pretty much pickle anything. And uh, for those of you who uh, are also pickle stands, I just read another article pickle the other stands. day that there is another research pointing to, for some reason, people who lose do the exact same diet under basically the same circumstances, but eat pickles, lose more weight. Really? And like no one knows why. And no one is, is it just because the pickles make you feel fuller? Is it the bacteria in the pickles? Is it the vinegar? Is it the whatever? No one knows. But for some reason, and it's, it's like a, it's like five to 6% more weight. Like it's not. No way. Yeah. So get your Clausens when you're on your diet. Yeah. I've been, I've been going Clausens since, since I meet, met you, James. Yeah. And you're super happy, aren't you? Your I skin am happy. is glowing. Your sex life is great. You, you finally figured out how to talk on the air. <laughs> yeah, finally. It's all because of pickles. Okay. Finally. Yeah. Let's talk about TikTok. With the Trump administration considering a ban on TikTok, influencers who are making a ton of money on their posts are freaked the F out. They are saying and speaking out that they are afraid for their future. One TikTok user named uh, Sean, whose magic trick-themed page has 13.5 million followers, he makes $15,000 to $20,000 per sponsored post. He... Whoa! Yeah, is freaking out. And he says that... He's even in talks with McDonald's to do a promotional tour this fall, which would involve live magic gigs. But he's worried that all of that is going to vanish as the app vanishes. They, they detail, this is a TMZ article. It's really, I mean, interesting. They talk about several influencers on TikTok that are making a ton of money, like $10,000 a month or more. And without cash flow, they're having to dust off their old resumes and figure out what the hell they're going to do next. Because if they can't do TikTok, what is your job experience? Like you have nothing 
What is it? What are you going to do? Oh, I, f- I feel like you can totally fudge all of that on a resume. Like you're, you, uh, you can manage the creative process. You've, you know, uh, negotiated sponsorship deals. Right. Say you brand are, and bandwidth a lot. Br- yes. Brand and band. Then you strategize and audience needs and relationships, you know, inter interpersonal relationship with a large audience, things like you can totally, maybe people should hire me. Yeah. There you go. People. Now you and got I'll a write job. Write their resumes, right. Huh. For $10,000 a month. Uh, interesting. Well, that has been your news or lose it. When we get back. What do we have on deck? Let me look it Ah, That's right. There are still people stuck on cruise ships, everyone. Hundreds of thousands of them. And no one is talking about it but us. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. I have awoken from my slumber of... Our bedtime stories earlier on in the show, it was lovely. If you did not get a chance to listen to our bedtime stories by me and Allie and Jesse Producer, I think that's his name. Jesse Producer. Jesse Producer. He was born Jesse Producer. You can always download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, but we prefer if you do it on radio.com, just saying, uh, and look, search for Drop the Subject. You can save that podcast forever, and we can read you a bedtime story every night and put you to sleep, because if we don't put you to sleep in four hours of finger (laughs) quote live radio, we can put you together on a podcast. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Put you together, put you asleep on a podcast. I move right along to something that we feel like not enough people are talking about in the world of coronavirus and COVID-19. And everyone is really struggling. And there are lots of different communities and populations that are really being hit by this. We're surging in different parts of the globe and here in the United States. However, there are, by some estimates, as many as 200,000 people still stuck at sea because let of, that sink in yeah like just no i'm not i'm not making a pun i'm just saying <laughs> but remember when all crazy. this first was going on we were like oh what about all the people on the princess cruises and it was like they're all stuck and then you know someone tests positive and then they get quarantined and then it was like it seemed like weeks and weeks and weeks and then there was a whole deal with them returning back and where how to get them back to their countries safely and then you kind of thought, okay, well, I'm good. I'm glad everyone got back. That's done with. And then you see these headlines that are literally, literally buried. Literally. At the bottom of some of the biggest news publication or news websites in the country. It's like, oh, by the way, there's still 200,000 people stuck. It's like, what? 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 And these represent, these 200,000 people represent all of the workers. And this is both... Uh, sort of a combination of of seafaring folks who work on like cargo ships and then the sea, you know, cargo industry and cruise ships. By some estimates, at least a couple of weeks ago, there were as many as 40,000 people still workers still on cruise ships. There's now reports that there's still thousands of these individuals who are are stuck out there. Lots of them have not been getting paid because the cruise line industry essentially globally shut down at the end of March and has not resumed for obvious reasons. And so the workers can't get off the boats in other countries and then be repatriated to where they're from because of coronavirus restrictions. So they're stuck on the boats. The boats can't dock. The boats are also not moving because a lot of these boats have not been refueled. So for a lot of these... I was going to say, aren't they out of gas at this point? Yeah. And you worry about food and medicine and all these other things. But a lot of what's happening is these boats are basically just sitting there just a little bit outside of ports that they're not being allowed to actually pull into. Like they can't actually pull into the port. So they're just sitting there. 
at sea, but staring at the land. Oh, my God. Looking at where they can't go with no plan, no specific plan as to how to get them off the boat. Can't you just jump off? I, well, I'm sure some people have, but, and it's not, you know, it's not, and not in a good way. You know, no. you, you can't, you would think, right? Oh, I'm just going to jump into this water, survive but the But some of these ships are huge. Right. And then just be able to swim. Well, even a sitting boat has some sort of like pull undercurrent with it, you yeah. know? So, yeah. I mean, that's su- super, super dangerous. But you you wonder like, okay, no, these are, these are thousands of people who are not getting paid, who are not being able to be home with their families and friends and are a risk to each other because some of these individuals have had COVID-19, you know, before and that's spread around the ship. I mean, this is a really, this is kind of a crazy situation. And now, you know, we have situations going on where people are like traveling now and not wearing their masks and all of these things. Like if we're reopening the economy and reopening a lot of things, why can't we get these people home? Right. And it must be so frustrating to be stuck like that and to feel like all of this is happening because of the pandemic and then see, I mean, they're probably have internet reception still and phone battery and things and they're looking at what's going on and they're seeing all these people not following the protocol and living their lives as normal when your life has been completely uprooted i think in some of these stories too it's like some people missed uh births of their children mm-hmm. i mean you're missing huge life events death of the family that you can't be there for i mean this is insane that they're still stuck out there and i I would also really love to just talk to somebody who's been stuck. Like I want to, you know, just see what what's going on on board of some of these ships, because I don't think it's being talked about enough. Yeah, it's it isn't being talked about enough. um, And that's really pretty crazy. And we hope that some resolution of this comes soon, because this is a nightmare for those folks, I can imagine. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Dr. Jen joins us. We're going to talk about what to do with your kids when schools reopen if you want to send them there. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I have not talked to Dr. Jen in a while, so I'm particularly excited. And we're definitely getting into a subject that I'm sure Dr. Jen knows about personally and professionally. This is Drop the Subject with Allie and James. And every Friday we chat with licensed psychotherapist Dr. Jen Mann, who can be found at Dr. Jen Mann. Two ends on Jen, two ends on Mann. She also does an incredible column in InStyle for Hump Day. We're talking about schools reopening, Dr. Jen, and what to do when you're a parent as far as deciding whether or not to send your kid to school because according to the press conference a couple days ago they're opening whether we like it or not yeah it look i think that there are from what i'm seeing both professionally and personally there are kind of two categories of parents on this one is a category that's like i don't think this is a big deal and i'm excited to send my kids back to school that's its own entity we will reserve (laughs) For a moment. Then there is a second entity. And under that umbrella, there are kind of two different types of anxiety. That is the parents who are freaking out about sending their kids back to school. There's one category of parents who it's a necessity for them to get back to work, that they have a job that they need to get back to in order to earn money for their family and they need childcare and they can't just leave their child at home. And then there's another camp that maybe they can work from home, maybe they're out of work and they don't want their kids to go back to school and are hoping for distance learning. Although even in that camp, those parents are often burnt out from doing homeschooling basically, even if it's 
Zoom and have their own anxieties about that. So I think that for the second camp, which is I think the majority of parents I'm talking to, there is enormous anxiety. And at the same time, a lot of parents are getting pressure, myself included, from some of their kids who are like, I can't wait to go back to school. I want to see my friends. Like, I think kids have never been so pro-school ever. <laughs> right. I, like, I, was like, I don't want to go to school. Now everyone's like, I want to go to school. I want to see my friends. I miss like, it. I go back. Exactly. So I think that there is enormous anxiety. And I think that this press conference did not do a lot to allay the fears of anxious parents because the emphasis of this conference was we need kids to go to school so that we can stimulate the economy. And while that may be valid, we need people to be able to go back to work. Our kids can't be the sacrificial lambs. And there's this like huge gap of unspoken information that children are carriers, that even if they don't end up with this horrific syndrome that kids are getting that are killing kids because it's far less common, there's still the potential for them to bring the virus home to parents, to grandparents, to high-risk people who are not going to fare well. So it's very anxiety-provoking for parents. Do you have thoughts about, in terms of, I can only imagine as a parent who, you know, I, I don't have kids, but I can only imagine being a parent where you're sitting there thinking, okay, Hey, I'm going crazy. If these kids don't get out of this damn house, I'm going insane. The kids are going insane. My partner's going insane. But I also am just as anxious and just as scared about them going back to school and feeling all of these external pressures. I almost wonder if is there is there sort of like a mechanism or a strategy maybe that you have thought of that maybe parents can take on to say, I'm going to consume this information in a way that is valuable to me, be able to set aside like, what are my values and norms of my family? What do I need to do to keep my family safe to then make the right decision? Because I don't care what Donald Trump, Mike Pence and stupid Betsy DeVos says, parents need to be able to make their own decision that's the best for them and their kids. I agree with you that parents need to be able to make that decision, that that's not something that should be mandated to make a choice that you feel as a parent may be potentially dangerous to your child or to your family should never be something that is is mandated. For me personally, since you asked, um, you know, I have teenage twin girls. And for me, having them, I I have the great fortune that I've been able to work from home and that we put systems in place very early on. So for me, having them at home is actually really nice. Mm -hmm. I miss that, you know, my children are ice skaters. I miss that they can't skate. I miss that I can't take them to the rink. I miss that they're really sad about kind of the social aspect of it, that that's been really hard. So for parents who are starting to lose their minds, what I really recommend is come up with systems and put them in place in your household. Who does what? You know, if your kids are old enough, if they are five and up, they can be helping you. I know it sounds idealistic, but it's really not because I have I have families in my practice who are doing it. They can be helping you when you are cleaning up the house. They can be helping you with, with various different tasks that have to be done and feeling like they're participating in your family. And at the beginning of all this, I made a huge chore list of everything that has to be done in the house. And we divided chores, which made it easier. And look, 
don't get me wrong. I was still, I was up. I was telling Allie before the show started that I was up until three o'clock in the morning doing an unboxing, you know, with my N95 mask and my face shield and my gloves and the whole thing, because there just aren't enough hours in the day. But I think that what parents really have to be doing is creating a system that works for your family as best as you can and implement it. And it needs to be something that you adjust as things come up and say like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this instead. We're talking to Dr. Jen Mann about what to do with schools reopening as far as parenting, uh, making those decisions for your family, coming up with a system that works. We have more questions for Dr. Jen. Uh, I want to ask about homeschooling and daycare when we come back. More on Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. We're on with Dr. Jen Mann right now, a licensed psychotherapist and a good friend, someone we love talking to every week. We're talking about what to do when schools reopen. If you are a parent, I'm sure this has crossed your mind. It's been a topic of conversation and anxiety in your household, I'm sure. Um, And I'm sure it also depends, Dr. Jen, on what the age of your kids are. But say you are in, you described a few different camps of thought with the camp of people who have decided, I I have the ability to stay home, I can work from home, and I want to keep my kids at home home. How, if you've never done it before, do you ever recommend homeschooling and what is a good system to to come up with for that? Because I would imagine if you've never been a teacher or maybe you don't have a great education, you didn't get a great education and maybe you don't feel qualified to teach your kid about these things. Where do you even start? It's a great question. And I think that for parents with younger kids, this is coming up more because most schools put their kids on Zoom, although a lot of the public schools were very hesitant to do that because there's a real disparity in who has computers and who doesn't and all that sort of stuff. But if you're in charge of your kids' education at home, whether they are preschool kids, and they're probably younger kids if you're in that situation, which is easier to school in terms of education, but harder in terms of energy. And what I recommend is Start Googling. Google how to teach a kindergartner, how to teach a preschooler, best options. You know, there are there's a lot of information about some things like RIE, Resources for Infant Educators, which is a philosophy about how to interact in an educational way with your baby up to kind of toddler age, which is a great philosophy. You want to look at things like Reggio Emilio, you want to look at various different types of educational systems. And, you know, these are good things to do anyway, because it's about getting to know how kids are educated. It's getting a little information about child development that most people don't get unless you went to school to become a shrink or a child development expert. You know, we learn about all that stuff, but most parents don't know that there are a lot of different philosophies. And if you can actually learn how your child learns best, what excites them, what is interactive with them that really gets them going, your child will actually have an advantage when it comes to the education system. You can notice like, does my child really learn well by hearing things? Do they learn best by seeing things? Do they learn best by doing things? What really clicks with my kid? That's really fantastic. And if you can give them the room to do arts and crafts and things like that, that you might not normally do, that's fantastic for your kid and for their development. Speaking of of development, I can imagine that at different emotional and psychological development stages of kiddos, this conversation is different, but I sort of wonder if you can give advice for for individuals uh, listening. Kids get this. They know that something's been wrong, even the littlest of kids, right? They know that something's wrong. And then now, even though we haven't fixed what's wrong, 
all the adults are sending them back to school, which we told them before was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So we're having a hard time grappling with that conversation as adults, right? How does that conversation look like to maybe your teenage daughters or to a, you know, a six or seven year old who has to go back to first grade and is like, wait a minute, didn't you just tell me this was dangerous and, and now I'm going back? Well, I think that the emphasis with the younger kids needs to be two things. One is the adults are doing everything they can to keep you safe. And when they do go into the schools, it's not like they're going to look the same. There's only from what I've heard and I've talked to a friend who's a pediatrician who does consulting for the school system, it's going to be one kid at a desk as opposed to a cluster of desks together. It's going to be social distancing. It's going to be hand washing stations. It's going to be teachers who stay in one classroom as opposed to kids going from classroom to classroom. It's going to be very little interaction between the kids socially. It's going to be wipe downs of equipment, all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be different. So it's not like they're going to be walking into the school and hugging their friends and everything's going to be normal. Also, all the kids are going to be required to bring their own lunches and eat at their desks. So there is going to be a really big difference. And to really emphasize that when you go back to school, the adults are working hard to keep you safe and it's going to look different. Here are some of the things that you may expect to see. I just have to interrupt for a second, Dr. Jen. These kids are going to go crazy. Are you kidding me? We're going to have kiddos sitting in a desk for six to eight hours a day, eating the lunch that they brought from home, not being able to see and talk to their friends. The teachers are going to be moving room to room. They're going to be constantly washing their hands, wiping stuff down, and they're not going to be able to move and get up. And we are talking about the most energetic, most attention deficit, not even if they're diagnosed with a disorder, just who they are, right? Kids can't pay attention to anything. And now we're going to say that we have to open these schools to bring them back to then sit in a desk for eight hours a day. Adults can't even do that. I agree Completely. I think that it is unrealistic. And I also think, you know, they're even talking about, okay, so then with the younger kids are going to go out on the playground, they're going to wipe down the playground, then the kids are going to go and play on it and somehow be expected to social distance, and then they're going to wipe it down again. And so what I, what I think we're going to see is that you're going to have one kid in a school who gets it, and then everyone's going to get it, and we're going to probably shut down. I I don't see how this is possible in order to ask kids to do something. And look, I have been on TikTok. I've been on Instagram. I've looked at what kids are doing right now. And there are a lot of kids who either their parents aren't taking it seriously or these kids are sneaking out and their parents don't know, but I'm seeing a lot of kids who are doing sleepovers, who are hanging out at the pool, who are doing little parties at their house, who are hanging out, who are doing TikTok dances in the street together. And I think that to expect for kids of all ages, look, we've got horny teenagers on one end that Mm -hmm. want to be close to the person they have the crush on. And then we have young kids who don't have the impulse control or the understanding to do it. And then we've got kids who they just want to play. So I think that it's an unrealistic expectation. And I think that there are a lot of kids are going, oh, I can't wait to go back to school. But the things that make them want to go back to school, granted, there may be some, but They're like, I can't wait to do algebra. Most kids want to go back to school to hang with their friends. To hang with their friends, right. You know, there's nothing wrong with loving algebra. That's okay. You can actually turn out to be a pretty 
uh, decent radio host if you really love algebra. Um, yeah, all right. Dr. Jen can be found at drjenman.com. You can also follow her at Dr. Jen on Twitter and on Instagram, which is two ends on Jen, two ends on man. We always love talking to you. Of course, we have a million more questions as usual, but we are out of time. So we will have to keep it quarantined till next week, which we'll see you then and talk to you then, Dr. Jen. It's always a pleasure. Sounds great. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It's time once again for news that are... No, wait. Uh, gay, gay, or cur... Uh, nope. Gay, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, Ask nope, me. nope. Nip, nope. Uh, just the tip. No. Too close. Oh. Damn it. Someday I'm going to get this down. I've only been guest hosting for five months. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gay. This radio station's gay. This radio show's pretty damn gay. Mm-hmm. So we must be doing gayest news headline of the week. Ring, ding, 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 Except, Allie, I think it's time to mix it up for the kids. I think it's time to do it a little spicier, a little sexier, a little more energetic, a little more pizzazz. And when I think energy and pizzazz, I think Jesse Producer. Exactly. I think just I think that's how he got his name. And here's what we're going to do. It's going to be exciting because it's not just about listing off some headlines anymore and having you vote. We are bringing our own stakes to the table. So each of us have brought our own gayest news headline story. We will pitch the headline itself, which must be gay, and then we will pitch the story. Pitch. (laughs) (laughs) What? You said pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like pitch a tent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It means you're horny. (laughs) (laughs) So so then we will each go through the details, the nuts and bolts, pun intended, of our story. And then you vote based on the way. Nuts. (laughs) we we we, We present those stories. Then you will vote which one is the gayest of them all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love how your Beavis impression is just you going. Yeah. Deep before my buckle. All right. Who's going to go first? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Uh, I think, you, well, let's save the best for last, which is Jesse for sure. So yep. you should go first. Okay. I bring to the table for your consideration of the Midnight mm. Society. Oh. Hungry Wolf shows up on bear cams, scarfs dozens of fish. (laughs) So much there. So much. There's so much more. Unpack it for us. Sometimes it's just, oh, I will. And then I'll repack it. Um, (laughs) There is a live stream bear cam. Okay. It's a dominion (laughs) of big fat bears. Love it. People love viewing this bear cam. They are obsessed with it. They are global, devoted, passionate documenters of all that happens on this bear cam. When those fat bears are rolling around under waterfalls, these people are there to watch it. Yeah, they are. But one day, the bears were not there. (gasps) It was relatively quiet on the bear cam. (gasps) Ooh, What could be going on, especially on this luxurious waterfall where bears love to hang out and get Mm. all wet? (laughs) Wet. Wet. Then. (laughs) Seven syllable word. Wet. (laughs) They saw a wolf. A wolf came into the picture and was like, oh, hey, bears, what's going on? Hey. Oh, I don't see you guys. What am I ever to do? 
oh, well, if there's not a big fat bear to me to mingle with, I guess I'll just scarf all these fish. <laughs> so it's a bisexual wolf? <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> Who is the wolf got curious. And big bears. And yes. Was, yes, usually into big bears. <laughs> but because they were not offered to him, he decided to scarf 30 fish. Uh, he pounced on 3,500 calorie sockeye fish. <laughs> Whoa, nice. Yeah. And uh, so they said the bears and wolves compete for many of the same resources. Oh, um, anyway, do. it is uh, this river is teeming with fish and there are plenty of fish in the sea, but these bears and these wolves. Um, anyway, that's that's my story about Whoa. hungry wolves showing up on bear cams. What is your story? <clears throat> Pocket rockets. <laughs> Reliable 38 Magnum pistols <laughs> for concealed carry. <laughs> A slimline subcompact pistol engineered with the Glock perfection promise and able to withstand the rigors of routine training. Oh, yeah. Then get your hands off my Glock, right? Mm-hmm. Made in the USA, of course. <laughs> The G42 is the smallest pistol Glock ever introduced, making it ideal for pocket carry and shooters with small hands. (laughs) Is this just an ad for a gun? It was, listen, it was in, it was, it's a story in the Washington Times. That is a good nomination. See the most reliable 38 handgun for personal protection. Mm, personal protection is very important when it yeah. comes to gayest news headlines. Especially making it ideal for pocket carry and shooters with small hands. <laughs> shooters with small <laughs> hands. All right, Jesse, what All is right, your so story? Okay. I am going for the win. So I'm, I have a strategy to this, which is kind of copying a former winning headline. Uh oh. So, yep. Maza Miyata releases the 100th anniversary special edition. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it just that and, it's a miata that's yeah. just it right no 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 so this special edition um 100th anniversary one is pretty much just a style a style edition and so there in the paint job is a snowflake white pearl no way with mika, with mika which is pretty much just glitter <laughs> <laughs> so if, as if the Mazda Miata wasn't gay enough, they, they got a snowflake it. it snowflake paint and glitter. <laughs> yep, and that is that is my news gayest news headline. Oh, all right. So there are all your news. three gayest news headlines uh, delivered by us. You still get to vote at DTS Show about which one you think is the gayest headline: pocket rockets, snowflake glittery Miatas, or bears and wolves. Mm. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Allie and James. Jesse, our producer. We're having a lot of fun today. And the fun continues with young people watching old movies. We're a little behind, so we got to make this short and sweet. And we've already decided what movie we are going to assign Jesse, our producer. Here's what we usually do is we assign a classic film, something that he likely has not heard of, uh, which, I mean, let's face it, he's probably not even heard of movies like She's All That. He's... A youngster who doesn't really know a lot about anything <laughs> 80s or 90s. He's blinking his eyes and looking off into space like, do I know that movie? No. <laughs> oh, Freddie Prince Jr. Do you know who Freddie Prince Jr. is? Yeah. Do you know who Freddie Prince Jr. is? No. He's oh, shaking wow. His, shaking wow. his head. Oh, man. Do you know who Sarah Michelle Gellar is? 
No, he doesn't. No. Wow. Buffy? Anything? Nothing? You bought, Buffy? Okay, okay he yeah, he's mad. Okay. All right, all right. All right, so, so we've gone all over the map. We've gone from Titanic. We've gone to Psycho. We've gone to uh, uh, um, Some Like It Hot. Yep. There have been a lot of different movies that we've made him watch, and then we make him recap it in 30 seconds for young people watching old movies. Including now, all 222 hours I've gone with the wind. Gone with the wind. Right? <laughs> exactly. We wanted to make him watch a band movie. So now what we're going to do is we're going to assign because we learned. I don't even know if we talked about this on the air, but Jesse is not into Hamilton. He's yeah. the only person. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. He just basically. Well, he we brought Hamilton up and he was like, I don't like opera. And we were like, like um, um, those are not the same. And didn't you go to music school? Yeah, Jesse's technically right. a musicologist or something. <laughs> That's like what that, he said, a like, musicologist. Uh, right, whatever that means. I think you make it up. Can you buy that online from Southern New Hampshire University? Anyway, <laughs> Jesse, like, when. Did you some- get off the couch and get an education? <laughs> get off the couch and get an education now. So Jesse's like, I don't like operas. So, of course, what do Allie and I do? Because we're both a holes, we're like, we're giving you an opera. A musical. Then we decided, well, maybe not a full-on opera yet. We'll go with a musical and the one that you refuse to watch. Yes. um, I have never seen... Well, he said he watched Hamilton for five minutes and he said he wasn't feeling it. Um, So will he feel... The original Cats. Ah, uh, yes, not the movie. <laughs> the the music. But there's all these cats dancing around, and they're on a trapeze. They're shaking their tails. He probably knows what a keychain change is. Yes, you do know what a keychain, right. There is not only only music to this, I'm pretty sure there's no plot. So it's going to be really exciting for you to have to sum this up in 30 seconds. Because honestly, I don't know what this musical is about. <laughs> Does anyone? Does anyone know what Cats is actually about? I think that it's just some Jellical songs You're for correct. some Jellical cats. Is that after Jellical shots? Like I a mean, Jellical facial? I think you need some like, Jellical mushrooms and Jellical acid. <laughs> and just some Jellical something before you watch To be it. able to tolerate this. Now, in Jesse's defense slash support, as much as a hard time as we give him, I have also refused adamantly to watch Cats. Oh, I can't wait. I still have not seen the movie because um, I'm going to wait till it comes out on demand. Let's face it. I'm not going to go see that and pay money for it. But it, so when it co- goes to like a streaming service that's included with whatever I've already got going on, then I will eat an edible, drink a crap load of wine, and I will enjoy watching Cats, <laughs> the butthole cut. The, the, of course. I mean, why we have to do the butthole yeah. cut. But but this, the original musical is just as much of a trip. I mean, you've got to watch it. They they dedicate. I mean, these are functioning adults that go to the grocery store. They, some of these people have children and they have little cat ears attached that they are licking. And, you know, like they've got a a whole thing going on. They are dedicated cat people. So I think this is going to be very educational for you, Jesse, to watch the original Cats musical. It is on YouTube. It is free. (laughs) 
And I cannot wait <laughs> to hear what you think <laughs> of the Jellical Cats. That has been your official assignment, yes, for this week. And when we come back, what do we have going on? Oh, yes. Racist freeways. Can oh. freeways be racist? I think the answer might surprise you. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. Last hour here on this lovely Friday. So happy to be having fun with you. As usual, per usual, on Drop the Subject on the new per channel Q with Allie and James. And James, are yes. freeways racist? You know? <laughs> right. The answer, I'm just going to spoil it. Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think when it comes to is blank racist, the answer we're finding is usually yes. Unfortunately, and right. If we have to ask. <laughs> yeah. If you have to ask, is that racist? Usually the answer is yes. So the question is, I mean, we live in Southern California. Obviously, there are a lot, a lot of freeways where we live. But in any big urban city, there's going to be freeways. And the way that those freeways are laid out and structured from what I know you have a lot more information than I have, but the way that they are laid out specifically does a disservice to black and brown communities, mainly because they will bulldoze and trample on <laughs> black and brown communities in order to build a nice, beautiful th- free, uh, freeway through that place. Yeah, I, I think that there's, uh, as with a lot of these things, and uh, this has come up a lot. I re- actually remember the very first time that this came up, we were talking about this in my baby nursing school, and we were talking about health disparities and why there are lack of, of health clinics, um, affordable, healthy food, grocery options, things like that in underserved and underprivileged communities. And so a lot of us in my baby nursing school sort of got this and had studied it or whatever. We had a bunch of public health people, but then there were several people in my school were like, I don't understand how, ra- how, how can buildings and interstates be racist? And we're like, oh, okay, let's back it up. So I feel mm-hmm. like there's a little bit of history that's important here, not going into the full like massive details, but there, the federal highway act of 1956 kind of really started all this off. And so Eisenhower was basically like, I want to build this like interstate highway system that you can get from, it was quite literally, you can get from San Francisco to New York. You can get from Seattle to Miami driving on these big free highways it was like the transcontinental railroad but for modern times but for cars right and you know we can another conversation we can have is how oil big oil and big tire played a lot into this right and big cars of course big car companies so i'm going to create this system also i'm going to make these things big enough to land military aircraft in an emergency oh So part of the reason interstates are large is not just because you have a large capacity of people to get through them, but you also need to have in an emergency because the Cold War was ramping up. We were really getting into, you know, airplane technology, you know, commercial flights were becoming more common. We were also using planes a lot more in our military exercises. Eisenhower was like, I want to be able to land these big bombers if we need to in the middle of an interstate in the middle of Iowa, if we have to. Okay. Okay. So. Eisenhower said, let's do this. Here's a bunch of money. It was like the largest infrastructure project we've basically ever done as a country. And it it continues today. That's why we're building new interstates. That's why we're dependent upon them. Well, those interstates were obviously designed, uh, manufactured, the, uh, the construction companies, all of those were white people, right? And so 
Also in the 50s, what was going on was white flight. And we've talked about this before. So you have all the white people from the cities moving out to the suburbs. And, you know, 80, 90% of people were using street trolleys in places like Los Angeles and whatever. Well, now everyone's buying cars. Everyone has a car. And everyone's moving to the suburbs. And now the president is saying, let's build these big interstates. So you can drive from your central business district out to where you live. Cool. You might have to go through a neighborhood that is predominantly black or brown when we do this. So what happened is they just started bulldozing over black and brown neighborhoods, like without permission, without asking, they would buy slumlord out of their buildings. They'd say, Oh, we'll give you, you know, 2 million bucks for your building. They're like, cool. We'll take it. They'd kick all the tenants out, bulldoze over the building and build a highway right through it. So that essentially I'm totally summarizing here, but essentially white folks could get from the suburbs into the cities easier. And do you think that they also, I mean, I'm assuming the answer to this is probably yes. Would build freeways. Like I I think in many cases they bulldoze, but then in some cases would they just build freeways over them because they didn't want to like go through the bad neighborhood you know what i mean like didn't want to go through those neighborhoods or even be like i don't want to even have to drive through these areas so why don't we create all these like highways around it yeah that's exactly which then creates more smog and more cars and that's part of what affects the air pollution in these communities as well well there's this concrete island effect that we talk about in chicago a lot when we talk about the heat so chicago you know chicago is one of those places where you hear about all these people die of heat related illnesses in the summer right well a lot of that is it's the heat and humidity but there are so many concrete interstate roadways built circling around predominantly black communities or there's a couple of big ones that go right through the middle that there's such a prolific amount of concrete that it actually elevates the temperature higher than other parts of the city. Hmm. And then you have people who are economically disadvantaged. They don't have air conditioning. They don't have cooling centers. They don't have resources. Or if they are, it's much harder to get to them because then also let's think about people who are economically disadvantaged are not necessarily having cars at the ready, right? So you have people who are relying on, on public transportation, but there's less public transportation. There's actually so much concrete that it's increasing the heat. You don't have air conditioning. You don't have a way to get to a cool place. And that's why you have more black and brown people who die of heat stroke in places like Chicago than you do white people. It's it's quite literally this the system was built. It, it's racist, right? right? It's just bottom line. It's racist. And then we're still seeing the impact of those things years and years later. And it's and some people are saying it's even getting worse. Well, I would imagine that it gets worse also because there's also this aspect of, well, I don't want to live near a freeway. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so those those communities are already kind of there because that's how it was structured in the first place. But then it stays that way because if you're deciding where to live, which is part of the gentrification that we talked about with Dr. John Paul earlier in the week, I don't want to live near a freeway. I don't want to live near noise. I don't want to live near pollution, but I can afford to live in a neighborhood that's just outside that's residential and cute. Uh-huh. So then... As soon as you get off the freeway, you're usually, you know, you're more likely to be in a, quote, underrepresented community or an underdeveloped community. Exactly. Well, and there's even, you know, you can go into the sub layers of this, too. There are less freeway entrances and exits in underdeveloped communities and black and brown communities. There's less development and beautification of the interstates in those areas. There's actually taller walls and there's more walls that separate the interstate and the neighborhoods. 
in black and brown communities. I mean, it, it just continues to go. The wow. list goes on and on and on. And there's so much research behind this. It's very tightly connected to the concept of redlining, um, which really isolated black and brown communities starting in around the New Deal, a kind of uh, World War II-ish. So it's all very connected. And it's really something that you, it's really difficult for a lot of people to sort of grasp and conceptualize that, yes, this interstate that I'm driving on, Maybe not even the name of it, which is oftentimes a racist person, but then like right. the interstate Robert itself. Robert Highway. Yeah, oh, the concept man. of me being able to drive on a free, large, concrete thing to get my car and my body from one place to another, that structure in the United States is actually inherently racist. Wow, unbelievable. All right, when we come back, we've been talking about coins going away, but somebody is bringing back an old school way of making money. We'll talk about it next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. Hey, we were talking earlier this week about coins and about how coins are in a shortage, a massive drought when it comes to coins right now. Take a penny, leave a penny is is on the verge of not existing anymore. Um, Take a penny, rob a bank. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, a, see a penny, pick it up. All that stuff might be going away because there's just not enough coins. And working from home, you can't make a lot of coins. Well... It seems as though, which we, you know, we talked about, well, do coins even matter anymore? Do we even need to be using them? They seem so prehistoric at this point. But there's one town, I believe in Washington, that is embracing the prehistoric nature of money. In fact, they're going even further back in time and they are resurrecting wooden money. Whoa. Let's take a listen. So this is an 1890 Chandler Price Plot and Press. We're actually printing on wood. And our machine is all inked and ready to go. There's no um, there's no news host for this. This is just a, right, it just just jumps right in. It's just a camera setup and he's got and it's this guy just to paint the picture for you. If you were going to a Ren fair <laughs> That's exactly what And you guy. walked in <laughs> to like a blacksmith and he was like, well, hello, you want me to write your name in a knife? And you're like, okay. Like, that's exactly what this guy looks like. And he's in front of a gigantic machine. Huge. We slide our chase in and turn our machine on. Like this machine is so large and so loud and he's ex- <laughs> and this guy, you know, he loves talking about printing on wooden money. He is like totally. anybody. And I, I would even say probably me wasted at a party at a bonfire talking to this guy about wooden money. I would probably talk to him for like half an hour and be like, this oh is so gosh. cool. And he's like, well, it's interesting because you take a square, you know, and he tells you all about the. <laughs> right. Now, pine wood yeah. doesn't really hold on to the ink <laughs> as much as, a, say, let's say a good oak. A good, you know? a good. You need cherry wood oak. Right. To the block. I mean, it's kind of attractive money. Okay, so yeah, so so let's get to the actual money. So he's this this thing is going through, and he, so he places a little piece of wood on the on the machine, and the machine like so- soaks it up, stamps money onto it, and then spits it back out. And he literally has to manually shove his hand in there to put a piece of wood down every time. Like there's not um, a no, safe no way. No, it's process, like him right? standing there putting a piece of wood in every single time to make a piece of to make. A twenty-five dollar nickel. We have wood. 
And now he's wood so money started in 1931. When the- okay, so now he's talking about he's going into the process of wood money started back in 1931. So I mean, his his joint is called, by the way, the Tonino Wooden Money Story. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you think this guy had ulterior motives for, like, going to the city council or the mayors and being like, we should use water money? Like, he's out of work, too. Maybe this dude's smart. Well, like, he's, entrepreneur, he's you know? supposed to be doing it, I guess. It says that they're doing it to boost coronavirus relief. I'm not exactly sure how that happens, but people in this town are using this money and paying for this money. It says... Uh, a woman at a restaurant orders a blue cheese salad dressing or a blue cheese salad with dressing butter. It's twenty four ninety seven, and Lori, the woman, hands a cashier a slice of wood marked with a twenty five dollar sign and walks out with her items. I mean that that is amazing. Well, listen, I, this is because these smaller towns in particular are getting hit really hard with with a lot of the in person commerce that happens in small towns, right? So the city actually, Ali, did this back in the Great Depression. They printed this this money. But they're so they're resurrecting this, but they also are giving people who are in emergency need, they're giving them up to $300 per month in this wooden currency to spend about the town. And almost everyone, the gas station, the auto body shop, Don Juan's Mexican kitchen, they all take the wood money. Yeah, but can you just be rogue making money? Like, can you just... <laughs> I thought that we had to like regulate this. Like I can just print, I can just take a slab of wood, write $25 on it and be like, this is $25 now. Here you go. Does that help I, stimulate the economy? Well, I thought it did it. Okay. So if you're going to go there, that's actually money in general, right? Money. Is right. The, the We're just printing it on exchanging a- something for a goods and service is fake. And then the fact that we invest it and trade it and people live and die based off of the stock market and all those things are retirement funds. I mean, if you want to go. No, there, we can't. We don't have time to go there. It's all a construct. Don't take any wooden dollars. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Oh boy, it's Friday. We're almost done with oh the day. Oh boy. Oh boy. But we do do not want you to go. This is Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. I am Allie. She is James. And mm. it is time for the newsing it order of the maybe we are going to lose it. So there are three headlines that I have scoured the interwebs for. And they're a little bit gay. Kind of like our gayest news headline oh, nice. before. They're, they're a little bit gay-ish. So are we. So, so are we. We're a lot bit gay. And you have a lot bit of three decisions to make. Allie Johnson, do you have your binger, banger, dinger, clinger? Oh, lovely. All right. Take that. What was our, what was our listener? Who's been, I think it's Adam, Adam. Yes. Adam. I hope you like that binger, banger, dinger, clinger, as do the rest of you. I hope headline numero uno dad's mind blown after asking kids to gesture using a phone with their hand. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus may have triggered husband to tell wife he mostly slept with men before getting married to her. Nice. <laughs> Finally, last but not least, kind of, Shepard Smith takes a dig at Fox News when announcing his cushy new gig at CNBC. Oh, that's nice. Lose it. Lose it. Shep's gay. He left Fox. <laughs> He's on CNBC. He's sort of middle of the road. 
He actually took a not so subtle digs at Fox when announcing his new CNBC gig. Uh, so while I don't totally agree with him politically, ideologically, uh, yay for gay guy on major cable news network in the evenings. Okay. So we do know, Allie Johnson, that coronavirus has these really odd neurological impacts on people. And lots of people talk about the crazy dreams that they have, but then also this sort of like these delusions and almost this like delirium that they get and they they uh, imagine things. Some people talk about hallucinations because we're learning more and more that coronavirus is actually more of a vascular disease, not just a pulmonary disease. A whole nother subject Fun. for another time. Yeah, it's super exciting. Well, there was a man who was very sick with coronavirus. He's only 41. And he was at home uh, trying to fight this thing off, but he was getting worse and worse and worse. His wife got worried about him. And so she called the ambulance. As the ambulance was coming, he says, now fully recovered, by the way. He says, I confessed to my wife that I had sex with men, most of which were before marriage. Oh, although no. I'm Although I'm heterosexual. I felt it. Okay. I felt that I was incapable of lying or hiding the truth, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> okay, so it's like on your deathbed, and you're like, "I cheated on you a bunch of times with guys, and most of the people I sleep with are, are guys." Oh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. I've... Actually, you're gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> right, and then you get to the ER, kidding. and they're like, "You actually just stubbed your toe." Like you're fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was just makeouts. Yeah, that is that. Well, I mean, there are probably a lot of people that's like you eat coronavirus or no, you're losing your inhibitions now. You're just uh -huh. like, all right, I'm just going to be transparent. I'm going to lay it all out. So truth is being seen yeah. and heard yeah. more than ever. Coronavirus and, or not, you know? Yeah, coronavirus or not. And so people are going to be hearing that 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 harsh truth. And I just want to let this guy know, probably not heterosexual, but sure, if you want to keep identifying that way. And uh, wife, this could really amp up the sex life. I mean, right, it could. You could talk about opening things up. And he actually went on to like try to baptize other patients. He thought he was in a TV show and he was looking for the director. <laughs> like he oh, went no. on to have a lot of these behaviors behaviors while he was in the hospital. He never had to be intubated, um, but he got like really obsessed with certain um, uh, healthcare members of the healthcare team. And he wow, actually so got he was in, like delirious. Yes. He was super delirious. He actually got in trouble for inappropriately touching one of them. Oh, so no. he got better. And then they actually transferred him to a psychiatric hospital afterwards. Because Whoa. this was apparently very early on. This was in like late February, early March. And they didn't understand the psychological component of coronavirus. And so he was one of the first people at this hospital in this community who had had this. So they sent him to a psych hospital because they thought he was also, you know, having mental health issues. Huh. Crazy, crazy story. So, Allie, help us, help me describe this visually for our viewers, our viewers, our listeners. There we go. So, when you go to, Jesse, I want you to do this too, since I can see you on FaceTime. When you go, when you make the hand motion to your face that you're on the phone, or you're going to pick up a phone, let's say, what does that hand motion look like? I do pinky down. Thumb up, uh -huh. like I'm doing a hang loose, and I hold it up to my ear. Hold that is the universal mime for phone. Unless you are five years old, when a dad did that to his daughter, and she didn't know what he was doing, and he said, "I'm I'm telling you to pick up the phone," and she said, "You mean like this?" And she just held up. Her she hand just held to her up face. her flat hand to the side of her face because. <laughs> 
That is what all phones have ever looked like to her. It's just like a flat flat square square, rectangle. Yeah, rectangle thing (laughs) up to the side of her face. And she she's like, I don't know what this thing is that you're doing with the thumb and the finger. It's like people not knowing what a dial tone or a business signal are. It's just gonna be wow, everything's so different. So you're gonna be holding up that's the new sign now, is just it (laughs) looks like you're literally giving someone shade. (laughs) Right. Flat palm to your ear from your your mouth to your ear (laughs) oh my gosh well there's a lot we covered on the show today and we are going to bundle it all up in some beautiful happy endings when we come back don't go anywhere don't do it drop the subject the new channel q well what fun we've had today we have told you stories of rapunzel we've shared Britney Spears' favorite food. Spoiler alert, it's chili dogs. If you missed anything on the show, you definitely should download today's podcast. We had a lot of fun. We think you will too if you check it out. Drop the subject wherever you find your podcasts, especially on radio.com. Okay, we love that. And you can always continue to listen live at any time by by going to radio.com or by telling your smart speaker. She's smart enough to know that radio.com and channel Q are available to you at all times. Just say, hey, Alexa, play channel Q on radio.com and she will listen to you because that is her job that she's not getting paid enough for, I'm sure. Okay, before we get out of here, we must give you some beautiful happy endings because as we learned during all of the story time that we shared with you today, every story has to have a happy ending. Can't just have end as a cliffhanger where you're like, and then it was kind of a bummer. And child and parenting is a huge responsibility. The end. The, it ha- the end. <laughs> it is. It always is wrapped up like a nice little bow, a nice little gift to give to the uh, to the reader. So that's what we do for you here on the show: is we give you a happy ending that that will that's all neatly wrapped, so you can take something nice and colorful into the rest of your day. James, do you have a happy ending? I do. I do have a happy ending, Allie Johnson. You know, Rapunzel's one and only true love might have been blinded. Oh, you know, I should redo this and do it in my voice. Sorry. Rapunzel's one and only true love might have been blinded by the evil witch in such a horrible fashion. But at least when he came upon her in that desert, he didn't have to see her hideous bob. Ugh, her hair. God. Yeah, I mean, you know, he could have really ridden the blind train for a lot longer than he did in that story. <laughs> she was she like, was like and now you can see again, here's your children. And he could have been like, oh, no, wait. <laughs> no, what? Uh, I, I, I can't see anything. I also can't hear or touch I, or provide. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a great happy ending, James. Well done. Here's well, my happy you. ending. Please. TikTok users might be panicking (laughs) over the possible ban. Ah! The app might go away, which is very sad for a lot of people. But it won't be sad Uh for the people on those cruise ships because they won't have to keep reading about it. And when they come back, it will have passed and they will have completely missed (gasps) the boat literally on TikTok and they will have never known. Good for them. That's actually very happy for all of those people on those cruise yeah, ships. Like, you did not have to live through the TikTok. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome back. TikTok was a thing. It's gone now. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just don't even look it up. 
Don't, don't even try. No. Just don't. You're just, you are better for not having had it. <laughs> we joke, but I'm sure there are good things about TikTok. We need to figure out how to use it. Next, sure. next week, we are going to do a tip Tuesday on how to properly use TikTok. Um, <laughs> now that it's banned. <laughs> yeah. Now that it's banned. That's, but that's the, the quintessential old person thing to do is to learn about something after the fact and be like, right, there's right. this new thing called Facebook. And everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, that new, that new fangled, you know, I should get one of those cellular phones. Uh, so what is texting? <laughs> what is, what is, is this it? thing? I got a VCR player the other day for my birthday and I just don't know how to use it. Oh, my goodness. My wife still will not get rid of our VHSs. All right. We need to get rid of ourselves. We are going to uh, see you on Monday. Have a wonderful, safe weekend. Stay safe, everybody out there. And um, James, have a pleasant weekend. And Jesse, even you, too. too. Yeah. Um, All right. Download the podcast if you miss anything. And give us some some stars and swipe and all that good stuff. Bye. On the the next, drop the subject. On the next show, Tyson is replacing their real-life butchers with robots. And it turns out we're next. Hi, I'm Ellie. I have several cats, and my sister is more successful than me. I'm James Simmons. I think I know everything because I am a doctor. Woo-woo, fancy, fancy. Hey, these robots are jerks. Your mother never liked you. Yes, she did. Insert lesbian joke here. Ha ha ha. Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific. 1 to 4 Eastern. On Channel Q.